0: Controlled America,
1: the no shit-bearer of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast,
0: the most important hour of your day.
2: All right, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh. That's Vince Tagliavia. This is the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose, live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, 8 p.m. on Tuesdays. This is where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy of communism, Marxism, having its grip on the United States of America and trying to undermine and usurp the United States Constitution and the people of this country by the infiltration of our academic, our social, our cultural Institutional, our political, and our economic domains. And we are seeing it firsthand this day and age. And oh my goodness, are we seeing it firsthand this day and age? I was telling Vince, last week I did a show and I was talking about what's going on in Ukraine, in Russia, uh, about how it, it was the, actually the drone when the drone went over the Kremlin. It was that hmm. episode uh, where I was saying, I said, you know, in the next few days, your next few days before the 11th, you're going to start seeing some big things happen. You're going to start seeing mass casualty. You're going to start seeing false flags. Now, I was thinking more along the line of Ukraine and Russia. Didn't expect them here in the United States of America. And we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight because we are seeing the brink of social destabilization, right? And there's a lot of things on these stories that don't add up. We're going to look at them. I actually happened, uh, I broke one part of that uh, for a lot of people that were talking about the Nazi connections to these people. Um, One thing to keep in mind when we do talk about it, they're not white supremacists. They're Mexican nationalists. Okay? That's who these, that's who at least one of these is affiliated. The other one is definitely affiliated with gangs cartel. I believe that they're both affiliated to gangs and cartel, but We'll get into that conversation here in a little while when we start to talk about that. But you know, tonight's conversation is about social destabilization. And if you're wondering what that is, um, way back when we uh, started this podcast and started doing it, I started talking about how color ro- revolutions operate, and color revolutions go in there and they begin to destabilize the social and cultural uh, foundations of countries at the same time, trying to undermine the political aspects of that country. And so what happens is is you, you start to destabilize the social and the cultural, and then you hijack the political. The political goes in there, changes policies, laws, rules, and regulations, which makes it easier for crimes to be committed. Those get pumped into the communities, into the cities, and you end up with societal collapse and basically a controlling elite that comes into that country. And I looked at kind of how these were ran throughout the world. I looked at how the United States has done this through the intelligence agencies in Central America, Southeast Asia, these places. And I started looking at a bigger picture. And I said, oh, we're in in store for what's called the Firestorm event. Now, what's interesting is I interviewed G. Edward Griffin last week with David Whitehead. And uh, in a 1972 black and white um, seminar, G. Edward Griffin in 1972, was saying that these Marxists, they use firestorm events to infiltrate. And I said, oh, my oh. God, I wasn't the one who coined that. Wow. <laughs> but what we're seeing right now is exactly that, people. We are seeing a firestorm coming into our country. And so to give you everybody who's pre- pretty much new, who hasn't heard this part of the show before, uh, about November 2020, My brother Jason, Vince, and I, we all started talking about this firestorm event. It starts with social and cultural destabilization. And the social cultural destabilization comes about by hijacking the local politics, by hijacking uh, Soros-funded DAs, attorney generals. These governors that come in, they become lax on crime. They let prisoners out of the crime. The attorney generals are no longer tough on crime, no longer prosecuting on crime, as well as you have economic turmoil that is occurring at the same time. This begins to destabilize the social aspect. Now, social cultural is the, the infiltration of our institution, our academia, right? So you start changing the way people perceive history, the way, um, you know, people have their customs and their, their the way they celebrate certain things. You start breaking down the social structure within the family and within the community. And you do that through the school systems. You do that through various other aspects within the the community organization. And when you start putting all that together, you can begin to see that the social cultural destabilization destabilizes hierarchies above it. And so we talked about the infiltration of the institutions, academia, politics. All of that has already happened. All of that is now in effect of execution. So above that hierarchy is you have your economic or sorry, you have your, your supply chain and your infrastructure. <clears throat> now your supply chain and your infrastructure is critically important to the functionality of everything below it. Because if people don't have food, if people don't have energy, and if there's no resources to go around, people don't have jobs and there's no money, then that completely produces chaos in those lower domains of how we our society actually thrives. So therefore we go, is what do we have going on there? Well. About a week ago, the uh, United States intelligence communities released a report to the mainstream media saying that Russia is going to begin targeting U.S. infrastructure to include oil refineries and U.S. telecom. Two days later, the shell plant refinery in Texas blew up. Now, that happens to be like 85 on a list over the last three years, which – is up over, I think it's 3,000% year after year. So if you looked at like 2020 before, you might have had a fire at like three or four of them a year, but 85 in one year and and two or three in the next year, um, that's astronomical. You're talking about a massive percentage increase. Um, And then the attacks on our supply chain, well over, I, I, I say 195 because I don't even know the total number anymore. The last time I knew it was like 190, 195. 195 plus food processing manufacturing and distribution facilities that have caught on fire and whose services were degraded because of that. Not only that, as you have the um, the holocaust of the birds because of the avian flu, the chicken flu. Right. We have uh, all the did you hear about all the cows that were slaughtered that were all missing their tongues? I mean,
0: there's yeah,
2: weird stuff happening with our food supply. Then the spraying of various different chemicals on our food supply. The the potential for them putting mRNA vaccines within cattle and lives and various different livestock, including hogs and chickens. Then you have the train derailments, which are directly affecting the uh, the aquifers, the underground springs, the the water sources for millions upon millions of people, as well as the soil. So we are under attack in the sense of our infrastructure and our resources. I say infrastructure because. U.S. Energy, energy grid is incre- incredibly vulnerable. We saw this the last few years with Texas when they had the freak winter storm. We just saw it in California with all the storms and the flooding that they had going about. Um, I, we know it firsthand that if you lived through this last winter and you saw the cost of energy, oh, goodness, that is not a good thing because just the price of energy is skyrocketing. And then you have states like New York State and California that are banning the newly pr- new production of gas stoves. So this... Completely, we can see this transformation begin to occur within our country. Um, And this transformation is a Marxist ideology that is coming in and implementing its rule and control over policy and regulation in the United States. So what we have to think about here, guys, is how to fight back, is how to stand up, speak up, how to rise up, how to stop this radical ideology. Now, Donald Trump came out with some great points. I'm going to fire every single one of these bureaucrats once I get in, right?
3: Oh, man, he's going in with a vengeance.
2: man with nothing to lose. It's the man with absolutely nothing to lose. And, you know, General Michael Flynn put out an article last week stating that we will not win 2024. And this rings... Exactly what Ray Dalio said, and if you guys remember what I was talking about Ray Dalio, he is uh, the chairman of Bridgewater Capital, which is one of the top hedge firms in the world. Ray Dalio is worth like 14, 15 billion. He has a seat at the globalist table. This man has been to the Bilderberg meetings. He's a member of the World Economic Forum, okay? And he did a sit-down interview a few months ago talking about his book, The New World Order, where he stated. In 2024 elections, the Democrats nor the Republicans are going to accept the results of the election. He goes, what does that bring? That brings chaos. There is going to be some sort of revolution. He says this happens because of the fourth turning. This happens because of this 90-year cycle that occurs within civilization. And so even he says that it doesn't matter who wins in 2024. There's going to be a revolution, a civil war that comes out of it. Mike Flynn comes out and says, we're not going to win 2024. You want to know why? Because we didn't fix 2020 and we didn't fix 2022. And he's absolutely right. And this is the the red flag that we've all been saying, is no matter how much work that we do, no matter how much oversight we bring about, these people will lie, they will cheat, they will kill, they will destroy this earth before they ever give up power and be held responsible for their crimes. And we all know this. So we uh, shadow presidency. Great great job, Don MAGA. A new Rasmussen poll report came out today showing 55% of polled Americans, left and right, agree that Joe Biden is no longer calling the shots as president of the United States, but instead someone behind the scenes is. That's called shadow government. That's called shadow presidency. Yep. That's
3: and 50, that's why. That's, yeah, 55%. That's a huge amount. Oh, my gosh. I I read a really funny statistic, too, that said one in five people that think Trump should get arrested would vote for Trump over Biden. It's that bad. It's That's so illogical, but it's the case.
2: So another part of this, we had supply chain and infrastructure, right? We know that those Mm -hmm. are under attack. Those help produce the chaos in those subsections. But then the economy, we got to look at the economy. White House warns a default and entirely avoidable economic catastrophe. So we are moving towards this debt ceiling limit. Janet Yellen just came out. I think it was today or yesterday. Like we are in a dire situation. If we don't raise the debt ceiling, it's going to be game over. Now, people are probably want like, well, what do you mean by debt ceiling? I'll, I'll explain this here in a second. Um, so. As the debate of the U.S. debt ceiling and possible default continues, the White House Council of Economic Advisors, the CEA, published a new analysis warning against the possible consequences of an actual breach of the debt ceiling. Um, there is a broad consensus among economists, and, and uh, the analysis finds that such an event would generate an entirely avoidable economic catastrophe. So they're saying if they go through with this debt ceiling, if they do not raise the debt ceiling, the government shuts down, there will be an economic catastrophe. Well, Yes and no, because we've had these before and the economy didn't collapse. Now, what what does it mean when they're talking about the U.S. debt ceiling? And and maybe I should explain this for everybody. The debt ceiling is the maximum amount of money that the United States can borrow cumulatively without issuing bonds or sorry, can borrow cumulatively by issuing bonds. So the debt ceiling was created. Um, Under the second Liberty Bond Act of 1917 it is also known as a debt limit or statutory debt limit. If the U.S. government national debt levels bump up against the ceiling, then the Treasury Department must resort to other extraordinary measures to pay government obligations and expenditures until the ceiling is raised. The debt ceiling has been raised or suspended numerous times over the years to avoid the worst case scenario, a default by the government on its debt. Key takeaways. The debt ceiling is the maximum amount that the U.S. government can borrow by issuing bonds. The Treasury Department must find other ways to pay expenses when the debt ceiling is reached. Otherwise, there is a risk that the U.S. will default on its debts. The debt ceiling has been raised or suspended several times to avoid the risk of default. There has been a number of showdowns over the debt ceiling, some of which have led to government shutdowns. Shutdowns are the result of conflict between the White House and Congress, with the debt ceiling used as leverage to push budgetary agendas. So, what they're pushing for is a raising of the debt ceiling. But basically, the Republicans and the Democrats are saying, hey, look, okay, if we're going to raise it, we have this much more money that we're going to put into the flow. If we do that, what do we want to spend it on? And they can't agree on that. And this is just absolutely atrocious because, you know, prior to 19, 1913. Yeah. We didn't have the Federal Reserve and all bonds issued were issued to American citizens as an act of check and balances against the federal government's budget Hmm. to where they proposed a budget. It was balanced. They say, hey, we need uh, a trillion dollars. They send those out in bonds to the American people. The American people come back and say, I don't agree with that budget. Um, I'm not buying any bonds. That budget doesn't get funded. Unfortunately, if you look at today's world, that couldn't happen. Right, oh my goodness! That couldn't happen. Yeah, it could. It could easily happen. but the thing is is they don't want that system. they don't want you being in control of that system, and that's what people need to understand here. They don't want you and me calling the shots or having any power or control over this federal government system that is usurping the Constitution, our rights, our god-given rights, so yelling. U.S. Secretary of Treasury Janet Yellen warned Sunday that unless Congress acts soon to raise the nation's debt ceiling, financial and economic chaos would ensue. It it, It simply is unacceptable for Congress to threaten economic calamity for American households and the global financial system as the cost of raising the debt ceiling. Yellen had warned on Monday that the United States could run out of money to pay its financial obligations as early as June 1st. The ceiling of the US public, deck is U.S. public debt is legally fixed and can be raised only by passage of congressional legislation signed into law by the president. I hope it shuts down. I, I hope that they, they, they don't pass a bill by June 1st.
3: Well, you may get that.
2: Yeah. And then I hope they start firing all the federal employees. <laughs> I hope they start dismantling all of Washington, D.C. Wow. D- D- I wonder, <laughs> they' you can know- taking over.
3: What other options do they have in that worst-case scenario where they can't come to terms on a debt ceiling agreement? How what happens they is fund? they
2: stop working.
3: But, uh, but there's other measures they could take, right? I mean, I don't know what they might be, but they could do something. Or they could make it much worse. They could just crash the economy on purpose and say, look what you guys are doing. They're attacking you, everybody.
2: I'm telling you. That's why I've been saying that they're going to do something. They're, they're, they're going to crash the economy one way or another. I don't think that the debt ceiling, though, is going to be that methodology that they bring in to crash the economy. Although you could see massive volatility within the markets over the next 30 days because of it. Now continued volatility, continued volatility, yeah, continued volatility. <laughs> uh, Fed report shows banks worried about conditions ahead with focus on slowing economy and deposit outflows. Um I was mentioning this back in November, and I can't believe I didn't see the red light of the banks crashing. But we talked about disposable income numbers that came out from uh, for 2022 in November and how there was um, a, a trillion-dollar decline in disposable income. Now, d- disposable income is similar to like the M2 money supply is where this is the amount of money in deposits that's left in the banks after people pay their bills and these types of things. Um, basically, disposable money that you have after you paid off all your debts. And that drop by a trillion dollars. Now, the trillion dollar drop is questioning, are people not putting that money into the banks or do people not have that money? Are they not making the money or are they not putting it into the banks? And it was my suggestion during that time that it wasn't a matter of the people not having the money, but instead that people were taking this money and putting it into alternative solutions of financing. So it's kind of like two-way. Well, yeah. in January and February, after the first banks collapsed, um, January, February, and March. Well, Matt, we're in May. Oh my
3: God. I know. January, it's February, March, and April, May.
2: I know. We, we had, <laughs> it's almost Christmas. We had over, <laughs> what, $248 billion being removed from the deposits. These are not like just people pull that up out. Oh, no. This is deposits being removed from the banks. And the reason is is, I, I always talk about this back in January. Is the discrepancy between the interest rate to what you're going to get on a yield or a CD or a yield or you're going to get on a mutual fund and these types of things as per what you're getting by putting your money in a savings account, which is 10 basis points. So you're going to get 10 basis points by putting it into your savings account or a CD, and you're going to get you know, 500 basis points or, or – sorry, 50 basis points for putting it into a U.S. bond. You're going to make way more money. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't work out because what happens is those bonds become underwater, and you are forced to sell them when all of this begins to fluctuate. Now, I was listening to a um, uh, Hed- uh, Hed- uh, Hed- uh, Hedry, Hedry. He's one of the top investors in the world. Excuse insane. me. To talk about this. He says it's going to get a lot worse. Which is- it's going to be bad. It's going to get a lot
3: worse. Which is, it it reminds me, and I've been in this headspace for a long time, not only about spreading truth and being aware of what's going on, that's part of it, but of just surviving. Because if it really does crash, like worst case scenario, shit hit the fan situation, you don't have to worry about um, natural disasters being the cause of you not being able to heat your home. Because, um most people won't be
2: able to afford that anyway. Right. Right. And, and what Jim and I were talking about this morning on the dark delight show is, is it going to be like 2008 where the sheriffs are like, we're not, we're not evicting people. Or is it going to be, you know, the police are the only ones with a job and they need job security. And it's like, Hey, sorry, I got to do my job or I'm out of yeah, here. Maybe. So let, let's listen to, uh, Let's listen here to Hugh Hendry and what he has to say pertaining to this. This is, this is some important information here.
0: Ended on, on the banks. What do you make of the regional banks right now? Like, how bad is it going to get?
1: Um, real bad.
0: What does real bad look like? We've already taken out four banks already.
1: Okay, let me tell you what real bad looks like, okay? okay. Um, the panacea of the Treasury announcing that all deposits are federally insured doesn't solve this problem. There is capital flight, deposit flight from the banking sector, okay, seeking yield, okay? Mm -hmm. I fear that just, and I don't say this lightly, but in 1934, the Federal Reserve Act confiscated gold from US citizens. We're at the point where The Fed and the Treasury officials, I'm sure, are having to consider a gate, a lock, on US bank deposits. Let me tell you why. Wait,
0: wait. Does that mean that you're looking for we're going to confiscate all the gold, or there's going to be universal deposit insurance, or we're going to stop? What What does that mean? Okay. <laughs> What's so, a gate?
1: Okay. I go. For, forget me, right? So a bank is like a hedge fund. Okay. And hedge funds, uh, they put a gate, which is say when you want when you want your money back, they go, oh, we'll call you. Yeah. Mm. If you're in one of these big, huge, super hedge funds, it can take you two years to get the money out. And of course, what we discovered with the iPhone with the banks, the deposits instantly come out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Secondly, why are the deposits coming out? I think initially, in fact, I do even think initially, the money is coming out because CDs, banking CDs were priced at 10 basis points, and the Fed's giving you 500 basis points. And hard-pressed folk are like, you know what? (laughs) Boom, Apple, boom, money market, mutual fund, okay? And what that revealed was the conceit and the arrogance of a kind of cool idea the cool idea with the fed was hey banks like we're uh, the treasury we've got a ton of treasuries to sell what if what if you you hold it in a hold to maturity portfolio and you don't have to mark to market just ignore it it's on us people are like yeah cool i'm in for that right okay nice idea except when you get the deposit flight suddenly it's untenable that you can hold the security to maturity, and you have to sell it. When you sell it, you reveal the hidden thing under the iceberg, under the, under the sea. The mark-to-mark loss mm-hmm. is greater than the shareholder funds. Let's look at Fed data yeah. from a Fed paper in March. $23 trillion of banking assets. Of course, that's one times GDP,
2: OK? Yeah. Shareholder funds of- holding, oh, What? Don't we just solve this problem? Nice to see you, by the way. Alex is delighted to have you in the studio. Um, don't we just solve this problem by cutting rates? Then that whole then that, uh, maturity bucket isn't a problem anymore.
1: That is um, the wisdom from London. Wow, thank you, Guy. Um, that's what was so off about yesterday, the Jay and the Fed actually aggravated the problem further. they're like oh you know why don't we why don't we hike 25 more why don't we encourage more deposit flight from the regional banks it's like
2: hello is anyone in okay so they could resolve the problem of the banks and the deposit flight By lowering rates, rates need to be zero. Why? Because this is a zero-rate economy. That's how fiat currencies operate. But if that happens, inflation is going to skyrocket. Okay? So they have to keep increasing rates, which means that the amount of people fleeing the banks and taking their deposits elsewhere is going to continue to increase, which means that rates increase. Inflation comes down a little bit, not much, but the amount of money... Supporting those banks goes out, leaves. Then the federal government comes in and says, Well, we're going to insure all of your deposits. They can't do this. 23 trillion, one times GDP, it doesn't work. And so this is why he's saying that this is a problem that cannot be resolved and that ultimately it's going to lead to collapse. Now, he did mention in 1933, the Federal Reserve came out and said, Hey, look, uh, you guys got to give us some collateral for debts. Um, why don't we uh, go confiscate all your gold? And that's what they did. And I'm telling you, I, I warned of this before. You got your gold, okay? Yes, if it's in, it, 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 they didn't go to and take paper gold, by the way, guys. They didn't take your certificate gold that was in vaults. They went and actually took your literal gold out of your house. Just have a good safe place to bury it. Protect it with guns. And they're not coming after silver. They never came after silver. Remember that? They don't come after silver there. They don't come after silver. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, uh, this is not good. Um, no. Here you go. Here, here's another statistic to look at here.
3: It really is a lose lose situation.
2: That's it. The stat is insane. The market cap of publicly, publicly traded regional banks in January, $475 billion. In May, $100 billion. That's 78% loss in just four months. And guess what? That's going to get much, much worse. Yep. It's like they're trying to collapse the banks. Wow. And did you hear uh, did you hear Hugh there? He was like, like, let's do this brilliant idea and keep on raising rates and keep on having people flee the banks. So what does that tell you is going to happen? More banks are going to crash and collapse. Why are they doing that? To centralize the banking power before FedNow, before CBDCs roll out, because that is the only way. If you have people distributed between 4,000 different banks, let's say 60% of those banks don't implement into the FedNow system. Now you have what? A good majority of the Americans who aren't on that system and who care not to be on that system. But if you reduce that 4,000 banks down to, like say let's say, 100 or 400, and then you push it down their throats, now the majority of the people are holding their money within the top six big banks. They go in and do potential buyouts with all these other banks because they're underwater too. They just survived enough. They just survived long enough. And now you have a centralization of the banking power. And then when you do have a banking collapse that occurs within those big six, you nationalize it. The banks, and I'm telling you, within the next six months, we're going to hear that word: nationalize banks. We're going to hear this: nationalize the banks. This is what they're going to. The federal regulators are going to come out and say that we need to nationalize banks, like we did to the airlines, like we did to the railroads. It's critical infrastructure. Telling you, this is what they're going to do, and the reason they do that is because they force the Fed Now system into the banking system. And I told you guys. What happens when FedNow goes online? One day you're going to log into your Wells Fargo account, your Chase account, and it's going to – your Bank of America account. It's going to say, please accept the new terms of services. And you're just going to scroll down like we always do. You're going to hit accept terms of services. You're going to hit continue, and it's going to pop up an application. And it's going to be, please verify personal information. You're going to hit next. It's going to be, please verify social security number. You're going to hit next. And it's going to say, please scan this QR code and update or upload a form of identification. What you're going to do is you're going to hit that QR code. It's going to pop up on your phone. Okay. And it's going to say, please upload a picture of your driver's license. You'll upload the picture of your driver's license. Really easy step of picture. I'll say, do the back, scan the barcode, do that. And then it's going to say, Place your camera in front of your face. and You're going to see all these little dots on the screen taking your face. Thank you for your biometric data. Once your account is verified, you will have access to your banking account. That's fed Now. That's getting you in the system. Last year at this time, I said we had a friend working at the Federal Reserve. Well, Department of Treasury. Building blockchains out there. And he said the dollar is done January 1st, 2023. And he was right, because look, the banks have already begun to collapse. It's already happening. The de-dollarization is already occurring. But what did he also say? He said, the way this new system will roll out for CBDCs is you're going to have the 12 Federal Reserve Bank regions all become these own little districts. And people will have to go in and register themselves like a KYC, which is known as Know Your Customer, within those Federal Reserve districts. And then what will happen is you'll have to disclose all of the last seven years of your transactions to those banks, and they'll be, they'll be facilitated through your regular banks. They just have to register with these bigger banks. These bigger banks are falling to the central bank. And you register all your bank accounts, and you'll have to register all of your crypto accounts. And they, they have 87,000 IRS agents. That they're going to go out there and start looking at all that back data with AI. So it'll be really easy and simple. They'll, they'll flag the big ones who uh, have a lot of money they owe to the IRS first. They'll flag the second of the big ones. And all those eighty thousand thousand agents will just go down that list. This is what they've been planning for a very, very long time, guys. And I, we were saying it last year that this was going to happen. What do you think, Vince?
3: Oh, as soon as the... Stock market went completely digital back during COVID. I knew it was coming. Yep. The B-shaped recovery.
2: And so the Um, Now system that's rolling out, though, it's it's almost exactly what we were talking about last year in the sense of the Federal Reserve System.
3: Yeah. And, uh, I mean, if enough people don't play, then it will fail. But we saw what happened with COVID and people – putting face diapers on and
2: following arrows on the floor on where to walk. So what does that mean, though, is that we're going to be heading into economic crises. A centralization of the banking power means that you're not going to have any economic relief. Inflation is going to continue to rise. Price of goods and services is going to continue to rise. Lending is going to be stricter and tighter. If, so and the reason those other two things rise is because lending is stricter and tighter. If you don't have easy access to capital and your liquidity markets are basically dried up, and this means that the Fed is actually printing money to pump it into liquidity markets, then what happens? Well, the price to do business goes up. If the price to do business goes up, the cost of goods and services goes up. If the cost of goods and services go up, a pay is relatively the same, that's inflation. So we're going to see this. Not only that, is we've had a massive decline in the amount of home buyers going out there of people buying new homes, of people going out there and buying a second home. It's massively Mm -hmm. declining. We have a crisis right now in the commercial real estate market. It's basically at standstill and about to go negative. So over the next 18 months, I'm telling you, watch the F out. It is coming faster than you know. And we've seen massive tech layoffs the last six to eight months, right? Yeah. Joe Biden's like, we created some new jobs.
3: <laughs> oh, they came back and edited
2: that number. By you saw that? Yeah. They came out and said they created, what, yeah. 476,000 new jobs, right, with the new yeah. numbers. The market went, wee. They came out a few days later and revised it to 136,000. Yeah yeah could you
3: believe it and when i read that jobs report initially during the week yep. i was like here's your bullshit numbers for the week there you well, go
2: eh, we, then, we talked about it on the show we said the same thing
3: and then over the weekend when the news cycle's quiet we're not talking about news right they drop it here's the revised number and yep. then by the time monday comes around they could pump the market back up again stocks are closed on the weekend it's a big scam
2: It is. When we read that number, I said, oh, that's just until they come out and edit it. There it is.
3: The numbers they put out are phony. Everything's phony about it.
2: So a new article here uh, by MSN Money. Central banks are boosting stockpiles of gold in their reserves amid a backlash against the dollar. Central banks boosted stockpiles of gold amid the backlash against the dollar. Global reserves grew by 228.4%. Tons in the first quarter, the World Gold Council reported that top gold buyers were central banks in S- Singapore, China, Turkey, and India. <laughs> hmm, like they might know something's going on, something's about to happen here. So Warren Buffett, I mean, Warren Buffett, I mean, come on. So I, I want to say the guy's name is... uh Guy's got to correct me on it. So, uh, Warren Buffett and um, um, his buddy there, they were um, students of Benjamin, Benjamin Hamill. I get the book over there. It's a great book on investing. But, anyways, these people know how to invest. I don't care how corrupt we think they are or whatever. They know how to invest money. They're very good and wise at investing. While speaking at Berkshire's annual general meeting in omaha nebraska warren buffett the billionaire investor said he expects earnings at the majority of the conglomerate's operations to fall this year as the coming economic downturn slows corporate activity further during the last six months or so the incredible period for the united states economy has been coming to an end the majority of our businesses will report lower earnings this year than last year he said um, his Charlie Munger, who joined him on stage, commented that the people in the U.S. should get used to making less. Get ready. are your storm yeah. inbound. Yeah, that doesn't
3: mean you necessarily have to make less and struggle through this, by the way. There's things you could do to get by, uh, depending on the severity of it. But, you know, well, we need to have a- that don't. zoom.
2: We need to have yeah. that zoom. We need the. we're, we're going to schedule a Zoom, guys, and, and you guys need to hold me to it. Uh, yeah. Maybe we'll do that uh, this, this coming, oh, that's yep. Mother's Day. Nope. Dude. So maybe this Saturday or something. But we need to have right. a Zoom on alternative methods to make money.
3: I imagine shit hitting the fan all the time. And I ask myself, you know, how could I, what value do I bring without electricity and without society functioning the way it should? What value do I bring to my immediate surroundings? How can I survive and eat? Mm-hmm. How could I survive for a day? That kind of stuff. It um, might be important one day, but hopefully not. And that's just unfortunately just where my mind goes in these times.
2: Well as it should. I mean, you know, survival of the self is above all. And, and so when we start looking at the world and it's dog eat dog, we we gotta start thinking about how do we survive in these coming times. I know there's a lot of people out there are like Fucking burn it all down, man. Let it let it all burn. Let it all burn. Let's get, You ever, remember that show Revolution that was on like 2012, 2013 no. where they like DARPA created this uh, this nanotechnology. You still there? Uh-oh. Hold on, I lost Vince.
3: Sorry about that.
2: There we go. DARPA creates this nanotechnology that gets released and it basically absorbs electrical energy. So the electricity around the planet was off for like 20 years. But people basically went back to kind of like nomadic living. Like they formed yeah. small little communities, protected each other. You had kind of warlords and gang warfare, all this stuff. And people were like, let's do it. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like Neither why do, do we want to go that route? Why do we want to take steps backwards?
3: Right. It's evolving. Uh, yeah. It doesn't but- have to be this way.
2: But when you're, but when the authorities in the world are literal cartel leaders and warlords, you have to start wondering, like, don't we already live in that society as it is? Like, Representative Comer is to review evidence Wednesday on the oh, yeah. Biden family receiving money in exchange for policy. He's scheduled a press conference Wednesday that he says will lay out an array of evidence. That is the deadline for the FBI that produce a document that Comer says exists, which show Policy actions taken in exchange for money bribery, which is specifically mentioned in the Constitution as a reason for impeachment. Comer says that he has evidence that the Department of Justice has not bothered looking into evidence that the Biden family has a web of LLCs that have taken in millions upon millions of dollars from foreign countries in exchange for policy actions. Which he's telling you right there, directly connected to Joe Biden. He worries that the DOJ will indict Hunter Biden on some relatively minor crimes in order to refuse to comment or produce evidence related to a prosecution underway.
0: This is not good.
2: And so is it to that point in time that we've been talking about was going to come where Joe Biden becomes that massive liability and they have to remove him with the 14th Amendment? uh, They have to remove him with uh, the 27th Amendment or he just resigns out of disgrace Um, And then Kami Kamala comes in or Mm. do they skip over Kami and we get McCarthy? I I don't know, but this is like what this is unprecedented of things that we've never seen before. And the corruption at this level is is bad.
3: They might just go full blown, full blown dictatorship. Yeah. I know they already have, but I mean, even more apparent they could put George Soros in there if they wanted and probably, Uh, They might, you know what I mean? Like they could really, the sky's the limit when you have no bounds by law or morals. Yeah. And And, and what we
2: had here, this was kind of interesting. So (laughs) there was a poll that came out um, earlier, 55, or so I talked about the 55%. It was 60% believe Joe Biden's doing a good job. I believe it was a Rasmussen poll, but then CNN comes out. Biden's approval rating is at 36% according to a new CNN poll, the lowest of any president at this point in their first term in 80 years.
3: Isn't that something?
2: (laughs) So CNN comes out and says Biden's approval rating is 36%. They're hosting a town hall with Trump on Wednesday. I'm like... Could CNN finally, like, get a hint? Like, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, we got to do something. Bring Trump in. Oh, give him a town yeah. hall. Hey, let's start actually accurately reporting <laughs> ratings. <laughs> like In, in, a, in polls. We need Clicks. <laughs> yeah, we need clicks. Do something fast. Let's go. Let's just swing to the right and say we've always been there.
3: Yeah, who knows? It always makes me wonder, though, maybe, you know, maybe they're okay. going to work to actually, they or they foresee Biden going away. And so they're putting these terrible numbers out there to get everybody ready for him to go bye bye.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, just
3: manipulation, always manipulating.
2: Do you remember this whistleblower we've been talking about who vowed to release explosive evidence on the Biden and Clinton family's corruption and mm-hmm. cr- uh, child sex crimes has been declared missing? Uh, Dr. Dale Luff, the co-director of the Washington-based Institute for Analysis of Global Security, was preparing to reveal explosive evidence, information about the Biden family. Luft was an advisor to CEFC China Energy, which paid Hunter Biden around two or $5 million in 2017 alone. According to Cypress Mail, Luft has disappeared just days after the Loneraka Ler- court defied the wishes of the Biden administration and released him on bail. In January, Luff said that he was arrested on bogus weapon trafficking charges, claiming that it was an attempt to silence him. Luff's lawyer said that he had been given the FBI information during the Trump administration on the Bidens, which he planned to submit in a letter to Congress. He also learned that someone was selling sealed U.S. law enforcement information to Chinese individuals and had evidence linking Hillary Clinton to a D.C. child sex trafficking ring. And this person's gone. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. You know, if he just mentioned the Bidens, he probably would have been okay. But the moment he mentions Clinton, whoop! This kid, yeah,
3: that's the trend.
2: They, they found up. Uh, they found well. You're gonna hear that this person committed suicide. They swam out to the middle of the ocean, cut off their hands and their feet and their head, and uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Luckily, we identified them though.
3: <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. And man. So
2: yeah, this is another one. It's. Uh, there's an absolutely nothing funny about the clandestine killing of American citizens to protect the most powerful elites in the world, and yet, given the frequent friturious timing, it's hard not to crack jokes about what Bill and Hillary Clinton might potentially do to political nuisances while nobody's watching. But it's impossible to deny that there's something very strange about the many mysterious deaths that seemingly protected a certain class of people and were declared suicides, adding an air authenticity to those jokes. So, a cryptic and bone-chilling tweet from Tara Reid, The woman who has accused President Joe Biden of sexually assaulting her during his time as a senator in the 1990s suggests that the tendrils of the Democrat National Committee political machine could have further reach and influence that any conservative ever joked about. And so Tara Reid tweeted on Sunday, I want to make something clear. If something happens to me, all roads lead to Joe Biden. Joe Biden and the DNC political machine threats, bullying and intimidation over the last three years will not work. I should, I should reach out to Tara and get her on. We follow each other on Twitter. Do it. Get her on. All right. So <laughs> this is kind of, you know, we go from something serious like that to something comical like this. You ready for this What's one? This? Yeah. White House to crack down on artificial intelligence appoints VP Kamala Harris to take the lead on the task force. So I guarantee you nothing's going to get done.
3: Nothing. That's just well, the face of the operation.
2: She's probably like, can I suck it? <laughs> what do you mean it's a computer? It doesn't make any sense.
3: She's going to cackle and say a lot of dumb stuff, but they're going to have controllers behind her mm-hmm. making sure they can control AI to their liking.
2: That's right. All right.
3: Can't wait. Title 42.
2: It. What's title 14? You, do you know, what title 42 is.
3: I don't know all the details about it, but it has to do with the border and border security.
2: So Title 42 was implemented by Donald Trump, okay? And so Title 42 is – I don't have, actually have it here in front of me, but I'm going to go off of memory – was mm-hmm. implemented in the 1940s to basically reject border crossings due to the threat of uh, viruses and illnesses that are communicable that can come over the border, Okay. Yeah. So Trump put this in place to basically stop the border crossings and turn people away and send them back to their own countries because they could be okay. carrying communicable diseases. Well, title 42 is set to expire in three days. Okay. So if title 42 expires, this means that you're going to have a massive inflow at the border of people that are going to overwhelm the border. And you're really not going to have the authority because Joe Biden has open border policies to turn away. Now, The cartels don't like Title 42 because it increases the amount of stoppage at the border. Joe Biden loves Title 42, and we're going to get into why the Democrats, the liberals, love Title 42, because it's going to help them push the the ban on assault rifles and guns and maybe even cars and knives and who knows what else. But we were seeing a massive surge of illegal immigrants. So we talked last week about the Darien Gap in Panama. Where there's busloads of illegal immigrants that were formulating there that were staying in United Nations funded shelters, UNICEF, UN, so forth are down there. They're bringing all these people in, they're feeding them, they're giving them homes, and they're putting them in buses and shuttling them up to the United States border. The problem with that is these are not Central American or North South American people, these are Chinese, Northern African. All 18, well, majority, 18 to 25-year-old males, and they're coming up to the U.S.-Mexico border. On the U.S.-Mexico border, we've been seeing hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people formulated on the border, waiting for Title 42 to leave. We've already seen it over the Mexico border, but also in El Paso. El Paso is being overrun right now Um and this is uh, Brownsville, Texas. Well, interesting, Brownsville, Texas is where that event just happened. But this is a picture from Brownsville, Texas of border crossings that are happening. I mean, this is getting really bad. This is people just lined up coming through. And look at, look, look at the people there. Firstly, that's a white dude. Okay? That's a white dude. Middle Eastern, black. We got uh, some more Middle Eastern. Hmm. Understand people. This is military style haircuts. That's what I'm seeing. Infiltration instead of invasion. Look at all those young guys.
3: Yeah, man sheeple
2: sheeple well here's the thing is this is very dangerous considering what just happened in texas over the last few days now what do we have to kind of see what's happening in texas so abbott came out and he's taken some prompt action so joe biden sent 1500 um soldiers to texas to process paperwork quite literally process paperwork
3: yeah sheriff came out and validated that he said nope. they're not protecting it
2: nope they're not protecting the border one bit but this is what uh abbott has said let's listen to this
1: stop people from crossing the border at the very same time the president of the united states is sitting uh putting out the welcome act, welcoming them in the cartels know it's the federal government that controls the immigration process. The cartels are working in collaboration with President Biden and the federal government to facilitate that illegal cross-border. Our, we are being overrun by our own federal government. Texas is being undermined by our own fellow fellow uh, federal government in our efforts to secure our border. It's only Joe Biden and his open-border policies that's hindered our ability to
2: secure the border. So the the problem that Joe Biden doesn't realize is that Texas has its own military, its own army, and a pretty formidable force. Now, Abbott just said it right there. The Biden administration is working directly with the cartels facilitating these border crossings. That right there, there you go, color revolution. That right there should tell you all you need to know about what is happening. What does Donald Trump have to say about Title 42? Let's listen to this here.
0: we had the most secure border in u.s history by far we replaced catch and release with detain and deport one of my most successful policies was title 42 which allowed for instant expulsion of any illegal alien who crossed our borders anybody if they were bad we got them out we got them out fast those who trespassed into our country could be immediately sent back to the place from which they came Every would-be illegal border crosser knew that with Donald Trump in the White House our border was closed. It was absolutely closed and they had no chance of getting in and therefore they didn't come. When Joe Biden came into office, he terminated every successful border policy that was put into place, including remain in Mexico, one of the best of them all, deliberately throwing open the borders and instituting catch and release and resettling untold millions and millions of illegal aliens into the United States. They're now your neighbors. Congratulations. Now Joe Biden is preparing to remove the last remnants of my Title 42 policy just a few weeks from now, wiping out the few remaining shreds of our southern border. Hundreds of thousands of people will pour in that day, and the judge already said that's what's going to happen. This will mean complete and total mayhem and utter lawlessness and unlimited numbers of fraudulent asylum seekers flood into the United States unchecked. They are unchecked. Nobody has any idea where they come from. They don't know if they're healthy, if they're sick, if they're insane, or if they're coming from prisons. Already tens of thousands of illegal aliens have massed on the Mexican side of the border. They're getting ready to storm across The moment Title 42, which is so important, is officially gone. Can you believe they're getting rid of it? And when that happens, countless more will charge in from all over the world. They're coming from all over the world. And some of the states, like California, are saying, come in and we give you free health care, free education. People hear that from other countries. They say, well, that sounds good to me. And they're making a mass charge toward our border.
2: Okay. So... He's calling it as it is. And he must have someone that waxes the inside of his ears. You see how shiny those oh, things are?
3: He's just perfect. Yeah. I don't know how he does <laughs> wax that. Wax my teeth.
2: Wax the inside of my ear. Thank you.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh, there's more to this story, what's happening at the border. Now, Texas is probably the strongest state in our nation, right? Probably the most formable to take on the federal government. Absolutely, incredibly conservative, incredibly well-armed, have their own army, military. Uh, Economically, they could probably say, hey, any states wanna join us? We're leaving the United States and everything's good to go. Wouldn't you wanna keep Texas busy with massive distractions if you were planning Uh something nationally?
3: it's uh, essentially a war front against texas that that the u.s government could say they don't know nothing about it's not them it's mexico it's south america yep. wow we don't know nothing yeah plausible Keep them busy plausible deniability
2: and, and listen to ken paxton this is on glenn beck's show Listen what he says here.
3: I could be better. We could not be looking at a border that is about to uh, just crush, just crush us as a state
4: and as a country, I think. All planned, all planned by this administration. There's no accident here. They, they've, they've dismantled everything that worked with the Trump administration, all federal laws that prevented illegal immigration. And they've basically partnered up with the cartels to make all of this happen. There's no, There's no other way to put it. How do you how do you stand by they partnered with the cartels or practically partnered with the cartels? Because they knew I'm not saying they signed a written agreement or a contract. I'm saying on day one, Joe Biden said I'm not deporting anybody. He sent the message to the cartels, Hey, you guys can make some money here. Every person they bring across the border they make eight to twelve thousand dollars on. And so not only can they do the human trafficking, but it also signaled to them that border patrol was going to be busy processing as many people as they could get there. And that would open up the border for other trades like drugs. So they implicitly knew, Hey, we have an opportunity here. We can build a network, not just in, in Mexico, but across Central America and across the United States, because we'll have the billions of dollars to build the infrastructure. And Joe Biden is not just creating a problem for right now. He is creating a problem for the future, which is, not only do we have a lot of people here that we don't necessarily want here because they may be criminals and because they're here illegally, but we also are going to have a cartel network built up during the Biden administration that's going to be hard to deal with.
2: Okay. I want you to also think about this. Under Barack Obama, we had Eric Holder's Fast and the Furious where the DOJ was giving arms to the Mexican cartels. Right. We know that the cartels had built up massive warehouses on the borders of the United States. We know that in these um, warehouses, they were housing drugs, um, victims of human trafficking, as well as massive amounts of armament. Weapons. How do you get all of that across the border in one fell swoop? Uh, a mass. A mass border crossing. Yeah. Keep everybody busy processing everybody who's coming over, and what do you do? You formulate an attack from the South, and you bring everybody into the places nobody's looking. We're about to be invaded, and it's not by illegal immigrants. That's my concern. We're about to be invaded by somebody else, by some... Either a cartel, either the Chinese, either some foreign entity, Iran, I don't know. They could be bringing nukes over. They could be bringing massive explosive over, weapon, ordnance. Here's the thing, is if all of your manpower, and I said this like two years ago, I said if all your manpower is centralized into one to two areas when all this mass people come over, what's happening down the stream where there's nobody at because all resources were called into this area? What's happening down the road? That's what, what's going on right now. It's sleight of hand. Pass everybody here in Arizona, California, and Texas, and New Mexico. Get all resources allocated to those areas specifically. Get everybody off the rest of the border. Boom. These illegal crime syndicates, drug runners, human traffickers, weapons dealers, Iranians, Chinese, they all flow through during that point in time.
3: Absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised if there's actually people taking advantage of this uh that are um infiltrating to counter Biden itself or just independent actors, whether they're North Korean or Russian or Chinese or who knows. This gives the opportunity for any terrorist, no matter what their initiatives are or who they work for, to come through the border.
2: Yeah. And it's going to be incredibly easy. And I'm telling you, if our enemies wanted to come across the border, they're going to have the prime opportunity to do that in three days.
3: I think it'll be false false flags.
4: So many more false flags from this. What's Sheriff Lamb have to say about this? Hey, folks, Sheriff Lamb here. So truth is becoming harder and harder to find, especially from our politicians and the media. So I wanted to give you some truth today, a little truth bomb. Joe Biden recently announced he's sending 1,500 troops to the border. While I applaud him sending that. I want the American people to understand that this is not to protect our border, to keep people from coming into this country illegally. Those 1,500 soldiers will there be there to process people into this country a lot faster so that you, the American people, don't realize what a disaster this border
2: crisis is. And that is the truth. That is the truth, is that they have nothing to do with deterring anybody from coming. And people were asking, how can uh, Joe Biden uh, do the National Guard? This wasn't National Guard. This was ready reserve. People who were basically in uh, reserve status after after duty, that he called up to duty. All right. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. believes the CIA killed his uncle. He has came out and said it's overwhelming evidence that the CIA was involved in the murder of his uncle. Kennedy sent in an interview with um, John Catsmith had us on Sunday. I think it's beyond reasonable doubt at this point, and we all know this as well as probably his father too. And you know, he's he's calling out the lies and the corruptions into the seat and this criminal organization. Now, do I believe RFK Junior. is a good dude? I, I think that I think that there's a good possibility that uh, he's sick and tired of it and has a conscience. I really do. Uh, Major General Kyrolo Budanov, the head of Ukraine's military intelligence agency, in an interview with Yahoo News published Friday addressed the recent string of assassinations and cross-border attacks on Russian territory. In reference to the August car bombing and Daria Dugina, um, that is uh, Dugina was uh, Dugin's uh, daughter. So, Alexander Dugin, who's uh, Putin's mentor, that was his daughter. It was meant to be Dugin, but he wasn't there. Uh, General Budinov offered the following ultra provocative statement We've been killing Russians, and we will keep killing Russians anywhere on the face of this world until the complete victory of Ukraine. Wow. He says, What Russians call terrorism, we call liberation. That's radical right there. It is radical. I posted a video on my Twitter. I'm not going to show it now. But it's of a Ukrainian soldier who found – who they killed these Russians, and they found a cell phone and called the guy's girlfriend. Yeah. And we're like, we found this in his leg that was found because he was blown up and killed. Ha, ha, ha. And they were taunting her. Just absolutely wrong, but – Oh, my goodness. China to collaborate with Russia to help end the Ukraine crisis. We talked about this last week. This is one of the main reasons why I think the United States sponsored the Ukrainian drone drone over the Kremlin and made it look like Ukraine did it because they fear that Zelensky wants an end to this and that he will negotiate with China, give up a little. Russia gives up a little and the whole thing ends and they can deescalate the whole situation. And then China looks like the good guy. The U.S. cannot have that because that is a detriment of their foreign policy. Um, the United States starts dismantling the CCP's overseas mafia apparatus. Yu Jing, has, uh, who had escaped China after being persecuted for her faith, did not expect that she would fear her freedom threatened in the newfound homeland. Once an official of the state-run China Petroleum Pipeline Bureau in Communist China, Yu lost her job and was subjected to three arrests and two house raids for her faith in Gong also known as Fulan Dafa. The spiritual practice involves a set of moral teachings with truthlessness, compassion, and tolerance as its core principles, as well as five meditative exercises. By 1999, an estimated 70 million to 100 million people were practicing Fulong Gong. Viewing the practice's popularity as a threat to the Chinese Communist Party's power, then-leader Jiang Zemin ordered the brutal nationwide campaign of suppression that continues today. And many had died. And she just happens to be one of these people that were taking in this, uh, this New York City police ring. So this came one of the whistleblowers because she was targeted. If you remember the New York City police, uh, not the New York City police, the CCP had set up a private police station, and she was one of the people targeted in this police ring. So people out there saying, it wasn't real, it didn't exist, it did exist, and they were targeting dissenters who would left China legally and got asylum in the United States.
3: <sighs> so
2: Wild. Yep. The United States is in discussions to establish military bases in Finland. Oh, that's going to piss off Russia. Yep. So, yeah.
3: This is for a broader war, another war for later. So, noted, Finland.
2: Homeless encampments are exploding in size all over America as rents soar and evictions surge. Didn't, you know, I could have swore back like you know i think when i was doing this podcast in 2020 i started talking about the forbearance thing that was occurring with the big banks in the sense of how they were giving people these loans to pay their rent and then they would throw it into the escrow and then we would see a massive collapse of the housing market but we didn't see the collapse of the housing market because the banks fired all of their foreclosure attorneys and foreclosures teams during the downsizing but what they did is they were able to get a lot of the People out of the rents because commercial real estate is collapsing, and so they raise rents and they raise mortgages until people no longer could pay it, and gladfully hand it over, and they leave, and these people are all becoming homeless. And California is becoming one of the biggest, and so three hundred dollars. So. This is uh, the Biden administration is trying very hard to convince all of us that the economy is in fine shape, even though many of our most prominent corporations are currently conducting mass layoffs. And even though Challenger, Gray, and Christmas is telling us that the number of job cuts during the first three months of this year was up 396% compared to the same period last year just like in 2008 and 2009 large numbers of people have lost their jobs or their businesses are ending up living on the streets and as a result homeless encampments are absolutely exploding in size from coast to coast nate was out this last weekend we went to a concert right when we got yeah. downtown minneapolis or oh, yeah. st paul it was like boom There was just like probably i would say 50 60 homeless people Gosh. just like in the public building areas like the bus just camping there yeah Dogs, kids, it was just like, oh my goodness, this is horrible.
3: It really is. Every big city is like that now.
2: Yep. Over the last decade, elites created a fear-based woke culture of self-censorship on race, climate, trans, and other issues. Now they are seeking to turn this culture of informal self-censorship into formal government censorship in the U.S., EU, Brazil, and around the world. Need to keep the masses afraid is behind the elites to embrace wokeism and censorship. And so let's listen to uh, Schellenberger here.
0: Next guest writing, quote, world on cusp of woke totalitarianism as governments act to end freedom of speech
3: join us now the founder of public uh, the founder of public a substack publication
0: Michael Schellenberger Michael good to see you thanks for coming back and seeing us so explain what's happening happening here you have collusion between governments to end free speech
3: yeah I mean what we're seeing is a concerted
2: attack hold on let me see if we can get this to load a little faster oh my goodness We're still live, right? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, I mean, what we're
3: seeing is a concerted attack on free speech online. It's taking place in multiple countries simultaneously. We're trying to understand the levels of coordination, but we do know that they're happening. To give you a sense of it, the main event is really the European Union, which is putting in place, is implementing legislation that would effectively allow for government censorship of what people write on Twitter. Twitter, Facebook and other social media platforms, their own assumption is that they will then be able to control what's put on those platforms around the world because those platforms will find it cheaper and easier to simply comply with these. Okay, that's not
2: going to work here. But what he's talking about is a restrict act that is basically going international. The EU has already put in the GDPR a few years back. And this was kind of cybersecurity measures that protect uh, PPI, personal protective information um, to where if you have a website that is basically uh, viewed on a search engine within the EU, you have to apply by for certain uh, restrictions. And what they're doing is extending this now to all these tech companies. So it's basically it's basically the Restrict Act that's already in the EU and Restrict Act that's trying to come here. And This is what they're trying to do tonight. This is what they're trying to do here. And so he's absolutely right that this is exactly what they're trying to put in place is basically a level of Internet censorship, a nationalization globally of the internet under a control of basically, if you say the wrong thing, you misgender somebody, you're going to be banned from the internet. Remember how I said that you're going to have to log into your bank accounts? Yeah. Well, guess what? You're also going to have to log into your internet service provider. Once uh, the restrict act gets passed, you'll you'll go to log into your computer one day and be like, please create a usual profile. Every time that you use the internet as an ISP, you will have to identify as a profile, father, mother, son, daughter, all these different types of and so every time that you go online, you're going to have to click that profile and it's going to save all your data, all your metadata. If you use a VPN, that's going to be reported because now that, that ISP company becomes liable to the federal government for charges because you're using a VPN. So they're going to restrict you from doing that. You go to Tor or any websites that aren't approved. Oh, they're going to restrict you. They're going to penalize you. You can no longer use your internet service. It is terminated for three days. And that has been recorded within your social credit score.
3: Yeah, they're, they're really trying to take it
2: everywhere. Um, I'm not going to comment too much on the Jordan Neely death. Um, the guy was violent. He was cursing people out on the subway train, threatening people. He got choked out. And uh, he ended up dying from those injuries. It's sad. It's unfortunate. But, um, you know... If, if I was on a subway train and I was just randomly threatening people and saying I was going to kill them and trying to attack people, I would expect someone to do that to me. So um, not kill me, but, you know, obviously detain me. But now it sparked massive riots in New York yeah. City. Fortunately, they're not getting too bad, but they are some uh, big riots that are occurring in New York City. Who knows if they keep on uh, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. They will be. Um, Tucker Carlson goes on the nuclear. We want to check this one out. We only got a certain amount of time, so I'm looking at what we can play here. Is this actually Tucker? I'm not sure what you're referring to. Oh, There's a video you sent. I'm going to check it out. Let's just play this one on Tucker. He's been dropping some bombs. Oh, and did you see about Tucker? Mm-hmm. Tucker so. Carlson and talks with Elon Musk potentially doing something with Twitter with Elon I'm pretty sure someone said that right you did yes <laughs> a big name uh,
3: interview and and town hall, and and cement himself as an independent journalist and and
0: outside of the traditional corporate media. So he's absolutely gonna get a huge bump if he's able to grab President Trump before President Trump goes anywhere else. Yeah, Mark, I think CNN wanted the ratings with Trump, but uh, this Tucker thing makes it a little bit more interesting, doesn't it?
4: Mm -hmm. Well, look, Donald Trump loves to explode institutions. And even though the RNC has been pretty friendly to Donald Trump over the last few years, uh, if he can wrest control of the debates away from the formal RNC schedule, which so far he's not a big fan of, and have it be more to his liking, he'll do it.
0: Yeah, and Mark, take a look at these uh, new 2024 Republican primary polls. Trump has a major hypothetical quote-unquote lead in his uh, Noble Predictive Insights poll. He leads new Florida News Governor Max. Ron DeSantis, who hasn't formally announced his 2024 bid by 28 percent, and a hypothetical lead in Tennessee only gets bigger. Trump again leads... DeSantis by now 34% in a poll done by Vanderbilt University. So
2: what's your- Okay, so it wasn't too much about Tucker, but fuck Newsmax. In his hypothetical poll, all polls, even the non-hypothetical ones, guys, (laughs) are showing Trump with monstrous leads. So the state of Oklahoma has revoked funding for PBS over the LGBTQ content for kids. Um, they vetoed HB 2820, which have funded the statewide PBS station, Oklahoma Educational Television Authority, until 2026. Good. States need to fight back. And you know what? Yeah. If you live in one of these liberal states, and I know I do too, okay, we need to get out of these and start flooding into red states. We do. Man. You know, I'm trying to – I'm trying. I'm trying. I like. I potentially it's, it's have
3: – I don't think it's likely for a lot of people.
2: I potentially have an offer that could could take me there, but mm. it, it's, it's not easy, and I get that. I get that. Okay. Gunman killed eight in mass shooting at Allen, Texas Mall has been ID'd. His name is Mauricio Garcia. And apparently he's a white supremacist with a name like Mauricio Garcia. But is he?
3: I don't think so, dude.
2: Now, he was actually kicked out of the United States Army over me- mental health concerns. Okay. He utilized yep. an AR 15 type of r- rifle. And there's a ton of stuff posted on social media with him. And so let's take a look at some of this because this just doesn't add up. And a lot of people are questioning what's happening here. So this is some pictures off of his Facebook right here. We got some nice meat right there. Uh, we have him with these uh, with Nazi pictures, SS, Nazi, all given the uh, the CK and, uh, But they're all Hispanic. That doesn't make much sense. Uh, this is actually a wedding of a friend of his that he attended. And look, they're all wearing a Nazi SS. And uh, hmm, I wonder what's going on here, Vince. This looks kind of interesting. And I'm not a big fan of Ian, but he points out some things here. Texas shooter and the recent revelations about him. This is not a comprehensive list of questions or points. But listen, why was the shooter misidentified several times? The shooter wasn't white. They, they identified him as a white supremacist. Okay. Oh, I noticed my screen didn't switch. Um, how were his neo-Nazi affiliations discovered? Um, there was speculation about whether the visible tattoo confirmed that the shooter's hand was a gang tattoo based on the practices of prison gang Tango Blast whose members have tats of the cities they're from, which it was. Um, the alleged shooter's Nazi tattoos are fresh. The alleged shooter's accounts on OK.ru um, were made a few months ago and it had zero interactions the photos of his body with nazi tattoo nazi nazi tattoos are all headless the person who discovered the ok.ru profile is bellingcat researcher this is interesting so uh, uh, apparently he had a profile at ok.ru all right now he had an account there zero interactions made just a few months ago the person who discovered The OK.RU profile is Bellingcat researcher and NAFO member, the same guy who discovered the Discord leaks of the top secret Pentagon files. Oh, that don't make much sense there. And we all know NAFO is nothing more than another intelligence scheme for disinformation and propaganda.
3: Fed, fed. Yep.
2: (laughs) The alleged shooter's profile praised a transgender terrorist in Nashville. The shooter posted Tim Pool's content on his profile with zero interactions that's currently being highlighted by the researchers and others. The alleged shooter's uh, profiles claim that he was inspired by libs of TikTok. Between this and Tim Pool's references, this thing is suspect. Where is his Twitter account? Why was he using a Russian social media site to write essentially a diary with zero followers? Hmm. Interesting. Well, can we find anything else in here that doesn't make much sense? Well, yeah. Yes. So I actually discovered some things here. So, firstly, these men both have gang affiliation. Okay, this is the gentleman who ran the vehicle, in and killed eight people. And so within this image right here, uh, the lower tattoos right here, gang affiliation, uh, most likely cartel member. Now that gentleman right there, he killed eight Venezuelan. Terrorist. Okay, so I'm going to go to my profile. I'm, what's that?
3: Migrants. The man. terrorists.
2: Yeah. Sorry, migrants.
3: It could have been. I don't know. But
2: but there's. So this is this is from the Big Mig, and he's spot on with this. My sources indicate cartels don't want Title 42 in place. They will potentially lose billions in trafficking revenue if it isn't revoked. In an unprecedented agreement, allegedly both in the Gulf and Sinaloa cartels have agreed to work together to solve their issues. They are planning attacks in U S in public places with potential for large crowds in the USA that will be organized to appear as connected to illegal immigration. Dallas, the first Hispanic male, most likely tangled blast. If you ain't blasting, you ain't lasting. A tattoo appears to be D town faction. And that's the shooter right there. D town faction right there. Okay. So there's one kind of interesting tidbit. Um, now, I posted something earlier and we're not going to watch the footage of this. This is absolutely horrific um, of both of the footages. But yeah, I did are. post something here that I wanted to pull up, but I can't find it. Oh, I know why. Cause I, it was a reply. So if I go to the replies and I scroll down, we should be able to find it in here, but there we go. So this is Isabella Riley Moody, who's came out and she posted some information and she's like, ah, you know, I guess I was wrong because this is the guy's tattoos. Well, it's interesting. He took the picture and posted them right after he got the tattoos. Obviously.
3: It's all fresh ink. And it's all
2: fresh ink. The yep.
3: SS actually looks, it's got white right next to it on his skin. And he
2: had RFDS tag on that, which is affiliated kind of with the uh, Proud Boys, right? But I say actually affiliated with the Mexican nationalist movement, which is neo-Nazi in its organization. Um, And so I contacted a gentleman that I know who is um, a person who, let's just say, intelligence worked in cartel and gang warfare for many, many years and has all the insides of all of this information. And so but this is the Mexico National Socialist Party, something we didn't even know existed. Now, in some of the pictures you can see with this gentleman, there's a flag in the background. It's this flag right there. Okay. The platform posted on their website states, We reject the occupation of our nation in its northern territories, an important cause of poverty and emigration. We demand that our claim to all the territories occupied by the force by the United States be recognized in our Constitution and we will bravely defend, according to the principle of self-determination, to all peoples the right of the Mexican people to live in a whole of our territory within its historical borders as they existed and were recognized at the moment of our independence. According to the neo-Nazis themselves, these racist groups have some support in Mexico. Luis Guerrero, a Mexican and neo-Nazi whose name has also been changed, this is the group that this guy's a part of, explains that the movement is divided into several different groups in the country, all of which share similar ideologies and objectives. Their goal is to create a young, strong, and morally superior nation first in Mexico and then in the great homeland that is Ibero America. Okay? So yep. what are they? The La Raza. Military. They are, they are Mexican nationalists. They are so when they come out there, yep. they adopted um Nazi symbolism, neo-Nazi tones and overtones. They're far-right ultra-nationalists that believe that their race is superior, and they want to take the war to the United States. Well, guess who funds them? Can you guess? It's the cartels.
3: There you go. The War. Invasion. The cartel this is, is invasion. funding them.
2: And so when I said Title 42 ending is going to open up the borders at one point, people are going to rush in. Who do you think it's going to be? Them. Yep. Gosh. And then we have the one that went into – he's still alive, but obviously gang-affiliated. So we're seeing them working with various different organizations, gangs that are already in the United States to wage terror. So I urge anybody in Texas, if you're in Texas, okay, constitutional carry, arm up, be ready, people, be vigilant. If you're in any of the southern states, actually anywhere that illegal immigrants are flowing into, arm up and be ready, people. This shit is getting real. And this is what I mean about social destabilization. It's here. It's happening. (laughs) Owner of Michigan Horse Farm who refused to sell property to the Chinese firm placed under investigation by the government. Did you hear about this? Yeah. The owner of a horse farm in Michigan is being investigated by the office of the state attorney general, Donna Nessel, after she refused to sell her horse farm to a Chinese company. Lori Brock, a proprietor of Majectic Fryness Horse Farm in Big Rapids, has been targeted by Nessel after she refused to sell her property to a Chinese firm, Goshen, and it has been expressed plans to build an electric vehicle battery plant near her 15, 150-acre farm. The company is a subsidiary of Guoxin High Tech Co., based in China's eastern Anhui province, reportedly has ties to the Chinese Communist Party. And so Whitmer uh, touted Goshen's position in 951 million EV battery plant in Big Rapids, adding that at least 750 million in tax dollars will subsidize it. So guys, this is a Democrat governor in a very, very red state touting, touting the proposed $951 million EV battery plant in Big Rapids by a Chinese firm funded by the CCP. Correct. That's the Democrats, people. Pinkos, 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 yep. Hillary Clinton has pushed uh, the largest childhood immunization effort in the world. And and this is a woman who wears the upside-down cross over her heart, uh, probably eats babies, who knows what else. Um, The Big Catch-Up Initiative will be the largest childhood immunization effort ever, according to Hillary uh, Chelsea Clinton. We need the public sector to hopefully stop doing things like stripping away public health emergency powers from state public health agencies. We're working with the WHO and the Gates Foundation and others to hopefully have the largest childhood immunization effort ever over the next 18 months to catch as many kids up as possible to catch them up to genocide. But listen to her first words here. We need the public sector to hopefully stop doing things like stripping away public health emergency powers from state public health agencies. If that's not a fucking tyrant, I don't know what is. These people are tyrants. Uh, COVID-19 now causes blindness. Yeah, I think it causes a lot of things that we're going to be
3: seeing creeping up.
2: Lots of things. Yeah, everything. All right. I'm going to go ahead and give a shout-out to everybody who's uh, donated here on the Battle of the Streams, guys. Thank you so much for helping keeping us alive here at the Red Pill Project, keeping this flowing every day, every night. Uh, Bayonet celebrating a one-month subscription streak. Thank you so much, Bayonet. RPG 3573 donated three ice cream. Enlightened Science donated one ice cream. Thank you so much, RPG Bayonet and Enlightened Science. By the way, guys, if you want to help support the Red Pill Project and everything we do, we have the Battle of the Streams rumble pill d live and facebook you guys can help donating right there as well as we have multiple other ways from our sponsors our affiliates and subscriptions on our platform social red pill as well you can go to redpills.tv and find out more information about all of that grammar revolt five donated one lemon patriot of pisces one diamond lolo 1976 celebrating the six month subscription streak thank you so much gramify revolt patriot of pisces and lolo just jim donated 102 gold pills 313 boys rmuafc 2 gifted a cookie. Thank you, gentlemen, for everything you do. Thank you so much, just Jim and Rm 2 Just Jim. Just Jim donated another two hundred fifty-two gold pills. Tara Reed is a woman. Believe all women, right? <laughs> Tara Reed. Uh, thank you so much, just Jim. On that, just Jim also donated another one hundred eleven gold pills. Eight 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 infinity. Thank you so much. Racing Ray 42 donated 111 gold pills and Grismo 7 3 lemons. Thank you so much, Racing Ray, Just Jim, and Grismo 7. Much appreciated, all of you guys, for all the donations coming in. You guys are absolutely awesome. Help keep us alive on what we do. You guys can also go on over there and visit redpills.tv. That is our main website. Uh, I'm going to scroll down there. I'm going to show it real quick just so people know how to navigate it. Redpills.tv. You go on over here at the top, you got our sponsors. You can click on that, it'll take you all the way down to the bottom. Uh, you can go over here to donate. We got give, send, go cash app and crypto if you must. Uh, so right there at the top, you can help donate right there. If you just go to red pill sponsors, it's going to take you down here and you're going to see our various different sponsors that you guys can click on and help support everything that we do here at the red pill project, especially Kirk Elliott, gold and silver. Um, as well as red pill merch, you guys can find this as redpills.tv slash merch. And we've got some pretty cool merch out there. Uh, the, the hoodie, this one hoodie is what I'm going to have right here. Pretty sweet, pretty awesome. You guys can check that out. Oh, I'm, not not seeing it. I'm not showing anything. I'm not showing anything. Yep, Red Pill. You got these t shirts right here, Red Pill merch, redpills.tv/slash merch. You guys can check that out. Uh, but if you guys gotta go right over here, Dr. Kirk Elliott, PhD, uh, getgoldtoday.com, getgoldtoday.com, get those 401ks, IRAs, and that cash money transferred over into silver because that is going to help you in the coming financial collapse that is coming, guys. Um, we got to get out of here. We only have a few more minutes left, but much love respect. God bless you guys. And, uh, keep your heads up. I know this was a lot of doom and gloom tonight, but listen, the fact that we're unveiling it in in a moment's notice, the fact that we're seeing all these things happen right when they're happening means that we're winning the information war. And that is the most important domain to fight. This battle is the information domain. So we are winning this battle. We just got to keep on moving forward. We got to stay vigilant and we got to keep on doing what we are doing. Much love respect. God bless you guys. You guys take care. Have a great night. To get Good night.
0: Either we will get the full cooperation of other governments to stop this menace, or we will expose.